them up, knock them down. I'm the greatest in my town. I'm the greatest. Yeah. Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast. Luke Bakkenstay here with Caleb Fossil, and today we are talking about pivoting. All right, take us away. Pivoting, or <laughs> I just said that. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but learning how to pivot as like as in a skill, and pivot is kind of just like another word for adjusting or um, accepting change. And to me, you know, it's really when adversity hits or, you know, when everything's going well, every, everybody can, can be great. Everybody can thrive. Everybody can be the first up in line, can be, you know, can, can run a business when things are going great. It's when, when shit hits the fan and, you know, or you're down by 14 points in the fourth quarter in the game or your business is starting to go under because COVID hit or, you know, whatever the case is, how are you adjusting? How are you pivoting? How are you accepting that change? How are you handling that adversity? Um, and a big thing that uh, Nick Bear, um, you know, he's a stud. He does Ironmans. He's a, uh, you know, he's, he's an ex-Army Ranger. Yeah, ex-Army Ranger. He's, he's awesome. Follow him on Instagram. Um, but I was listening to a, a video with him and Jesse James West, another bodybuilder slash fitness, fitness guy. And Nick Bear was pretty much talking about breaking the switch. And if you think of a light switch, how it goes up and down, he's talking about people's motivation and how people just turn it on when they want to and turn it off when they when they want to. And he's like, your job when you're learning how to pivot is breaking that switch. Like you should always be motivated. There should always be a why. There should always be a reason why you're showing up to do something. So break that switch. Yeah, and, and before we started this, Caleb brought up the famous Mike Tyson quote, like everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Um, but I've actually heard a special forces uh, guy say the same exact type of concept before. It's like, uh, we've got plans until the bullets fly. Yeah, when the bullets start flying. And like, and that's like such an extreme version of pivoting that it's like, if we have people, if I mean, if there's soldiers, I mean, whether they're defending our country or not, and they're just another country, that concept is real at like such a, just a survival level. Yeah. And that's when pivoting is like based off life or death. And then you bring it to like some simple concepts that people get overwhelmed with about like today. You went to four different places to get an energy drink, and then you kept pivoting and you figured it out. But like, yeah. that's a small pivot, very, very small pivot. I was right? still losing my, my marbles a See, little but, bit. But all of us, like we, there's small things like that that happen on such a small scale that we start to lose our shit over, and you realize like, okay, wait, this is not this is not something to actually worry about at all. Yeah. Energy drink, which that happened to me the other day. I was really hungry, and our flight was super fucking long, and I got pissed and came home. Which like, there's 37 other places to eat that I could have had had to yeah. that. It's like throwing those mini temper tantrums for no reason and when you realize like it's not that big of a deal in the end. Totally. Um, but to go back to the bullets flying, and that's really funny you say that because in my wide receiver room at Nevada, that was kind of something that our receiver coach would always say like, he's like, you know, practice is great. He's like, that's awesome that you're catching these one-handed balls in practice, but who are you when the bullets are flying? Who are you when it's third down and 10, we need a big catch. Like, you know what I mean? And I always relate stuff to football because it's kind of, you know, my deal, but it's so true when the bullets are flying who are you are you someone that i can count on are you someone that's going to make the big play get that first down so i love that concept and then another thing you know jeremy copeland is a guy that we've been posting a lot on our story and our social media um just crazy crazy background i'm not going to get too much into it because uh we're going to have him on the show here pretty soon but um he came and talked to us at nevada one day and um long story short he's we have a couple uh ex-Special Forces guys there um, giving a speech. Our strength coach used to train Special Forces, so we had a couple guys there. and Some guys were, were falling asleep in the back, very, very disrespectful. And Jeremy lost his, his shit and was pretty much like, 
you know, pretty much long, wake the fuck up. And he was pretty much going into the thing when the bullets are flying up, you know, it's okay, you know, when you guys miss a block or, or you, you miss your assignment, you know, maybe it's a loss of down, maybe it's an interception, you know, maybe you lose the game. You, you know, you, you still get to go home to your family. He's like, when I make a mistake, someone dies. You know, when the bullets, and that, and that put everything in perspective for us, like, when the bullets are flying, and you know, and, and that's the main thing, like you talk about, special mm -hmm. force, learning how to pivot. Like, shit hits the fan, what are you going to do? Everybody looks to, towards you. Totally, and pivot can literally be a survival mechanism for everybody, because if you think about it right now, at the time of this recording, um, Newsom and California has deemed some businesses non-essential, so they have to close. Except for some people running the business, they're essential to them because they pay the, the bills. Yeah, that's their I mean? life. That's their that's their everything. But so, I mean, if they are legally forced to to close, and the bills still have to be paid, they have to pivot yeah. to figure it out, yeah. and it becomes a survival mechanism. So anytime you run into an adversity, whether it's as small as in and out line being too long and pivot and figure out another option, that's simple. But you can stack these little wins of learning how to pivot up and build momentum of whenever there's a big pivot situation in your life. Those small little steps, starting with finding an energy drink, yeah, it's small and out of context, it doesn't make any sense. But you build and build and build, and that momentum turns into, hey, when there's a, a medical life or death situation, we have to pivot, and there's a bunch of traffic, and you know, shit's hitting the fan, and things aren't going right, and you still have to find a solution because who knows, someone might die. You've built that momentum to where you're not freaking out, and you actually you can, you can make those decisions. Yeah, and it's being calm under pressure. It's it's just always staying calm, cool, and collected, and not getting too high, not getting too low when those situations occur. And it's, um, you know, it's funny because we all have we all have these problems of pivoting. You know, like I I mean I do it too. I throw these little temper tantrums sometimes, and I realize I laugh at myself like God, why was I freaking out over that? You know, we're all guilty of it. But what really helps me when I'm really trying to trying to use this as a skill is like surveying the situation and just kind of like. Okay, you could take a second to like analyze everything. Okay, this just happened. What's the best thing to do right now? You know what I mean? Like the best thing is not to freak out, go home and throw a temper tantrum, right? The best thing is like, okay, maybe I'll do this, this, and this. And okay, yeah, that's still a good outcome. That's still here. You know what I mean? Because nothing ever really goes as planned, right? Like ever. And you know, something like as far as that I've gone through, I've had a bunch of surgeries these last couple of years, you know, like I've had a knee, I've had broken ribs, I've had shoulder, uh, elbow cleanup and Everybody, I used to tell my girlfriend all the time, I'm like, God, I used to be such a different football player before I got hurt. And that's one thing that David Goggins uh, was saying on a podcast with Joe Rogan was just that, like, people tell you how you're supposed to feel. I'm supposed to feel shitty after a surgery. I'm supposed to not be the same. I'm supposed to not come back, you know, better than I was. And it's funny because right now in my life, I'm the most athletic I've ever been in my life and I feel amazing. Better than I ever have in my entire life than I've ever played football. So it's mm -hmm. like, I'm more... Than, than ready than I've ever been ever, but I'm supposed to feel shitty because I've been injured or all this kind of shit. Or, you know, Adrian Peterson tearing his ACL, coming back the next year and breaking the rush, NFL rushing record. Like he's not supposed to do that because people are like, oh, you tore your ACL, you're supposed to feel this way. So kind of smashing that, what people tell you and in, in the way you're supposed to feel. And that's why I like the most underrated award, I think in sports, especially in like basketball, um, but like, because I, that's the one I think about a lot, but then you just brought up AP, is the Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. It's the most underrated, like, award. Yeah. And I, I think it's, like, besides maybe, like, the MVP, because it's always fun to see who wins that, but it's half the time everybody knows who's going to win in every sport. Yeah. The Comeback Player of the Year should be, should have way more publicity behind it because of, like, everything that went in there and the pivots that that person had to go through. And if you think about pivoting in terms of just moving forward, the simplest way I could ever 
help anybody pivot or move forward is people need to stop trying to change the past. It's literally impossible. Yes. So if you accept it, uh, you don't even have to accept it as good, bad, shitty, horrible, incredible, whatever. Accept that it happened because you have to. Unless you got some magic wand that people don't know about and you're a trillionaire, you really can't go back and change shit. So as soon as you accept it for what it is, that is the easiest and simplest way to move forward, whether whatever that may be. Yeah, it's just, it's progressing, and that's a great point that you can't go back and and change the past. And what what's gonna help all this and learning how to pivot and learning how to be commoner situations and not and not letting outsiders or people tell you how you should feel, how you should react, or any of that stuff is doing hard shit. You know, we posted it on the IG the other day. Um, start doing hard shit. David Goggins was pretty much saying, make a list of things you don't want to do and do them every day. And it's funny because I used to, I'm starting to dive into kind of that stuff. I've been taking cold showers every night and each day it's getting better and better and better. Like, you know, it's not as cold or whatever. And it's like, it's just been kind of my new thing. And this whole point behind doing hard shit is when you do hard shit that you don't want to do, that's not life or death, obviously, right? Just taking cold showers, waking up and working out earlier, getting up earlier each and every day, right? Building up, progressing, just doing hard shit, you start to build an armor for your mind so that when hard shit actually does happen, that might be life or death, or they throw something at you that you're prepared to do hard shit. And that pivot makes it 10 times easier because you've been doing hard shit for days that add up to weeks, that add up to years, that add up to, to decades of you just doing hard shit consistently over and over and over again, that that hard shit becomes easy. And that's why I never understood like practice makes perfect. So I never understood guys that didn't go hard at practice. Like if you don't go hard at practice during the week, that game is gonna be 10 times harder. If you go hard all fall camp, um, all training camp, all week for practice, and kinda, yeah, we get our legs back Thursday, Friday before the game Saturday, but when you go hard, that Saturday's fun, it's easy. You've, you've seen all these situations before, you've pushed your body to the limit so you know how hard you can go. So practice makes perfect, start doing hard shit. And that goes all the way back to just building momentum. That's, yes. That's, that's all it is. And another thing of like, uh, when, you come to these situations and you you look them in the face and you're gonna realize quickly whether you're confident in the face of adversity or not. And Kobe always said that his confidence was directly impacted by how prepared he felt. Which is why Kobe was arguably the most confident athlete to ever step foot on any court or field ever because he always knew he was the most prepared. So when you build the momentum like these and every single domino, every single step, every single thing, is going to actually build your confidence whenever that life or death situation happens, whenever anything happens, to where you have to make a decision, live with that decision, pivot, make that choice. You're gonna make it confidently because you've, up until that point, you've you prepared. And that's the thing where um, it, it all fall. It all comes back to the arrow, honestly. Tip of, of the spear. Tip of the spear. Um, it all comes back to that because Kobe. We we can talk about Kobe for hours, but. The dude's in there taking dry free throws, probably visualizing a crowd at game seven where it's the biggest shot of the game, visualizing, and then and then uses the ball, takes a thousand of them. You know, Bruce Lee's quote, I don't fear the man that practices a thousand kicks one time, I fear the man that practices one kick a thousand times. And that's just, that's the epitome of Kobe just in there shooting, working on that shot. So game seven rolls around and he's at that spot, he knows exactly where his peak is, he knows exactly where the feeling, he knows everything. He's been there before. He's put himself in game seven a thousand times. So he's going to su succeed in that moment, right? So the, the preparation is everything. Like, that's what we're saying. Do hard shit, prepare for these moments of pivoting. And um, that's awesome. I, I love that that Kobe, um, bringing Kobe into that. Yeah, and, and it's it's the same thing with, uh, we, we always reference like sports. We always reference 
or boxing, you know what I mean? It's the same thing with like, you need to go through these hard reps. That's why it's like, uh, batting practice, I always love batting practice and taking ground balls and everything in, uh, in baseball. But then there's scrimmaging, which is way more like- Game-like. Game-like. I was trying to say real life, but yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> but then it's just like, why we always love talking about like fighting and boxing and MMA, because that says, you, when you spar with somebody that actually hits back as opposed to the dummy that doesn't hit back, it's different. But then if, like think about it tangibly and like like conceptualize it, that's those are the type of reps that we need to take every single time in our lives through everything by doing hard shit. Because when you spar with someone that can hit back, you're gonna prep a lot more for that fight than hitting the bag. So spar with people, spar with your decisions, spar with your hard choices as opposed to only going to the bag and never hits back. Yeah, one of our favorite movies, Never Back Down, we use that quote again. And it's funny, but it's also like 100% true. Like when you get punched in the face, your mind registers two thoughts, get the hell in or back the hell out. And it's true, are you getting in or are you getting out? When you get punched in the face, are you gonna go run, make excuses, go point fingers at everybody, curl up in a ball? Or are you gonna attack that day, attack the person, attack whatever's in front of you and pivot and come after that adversity? So, I mean, that, that's that's kind of the deal with, with that whole pivot thing. Um, you know, and to make things harder, um, a phrase that I love to say, and that kind of came to me, um, like two years ago is just, uh, empty the tank, like empty the fucking tank. And that means like, you should have no nothing left in your gas tank after a workout, after a practice, after anything that's supposed to be hard. I mean, you're going to have your recovery days. You're going to have whatever you're going to put, you need to put hundred percent of those days too. But those days that are after it, those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, right. Leading up to a game. And I know I keep doing sports references, but empty the tank, every single rep, empty the tank. You should literally be exhausted, pushing your limit, finding out what your limit is. And David Goggins is huge on, we think we reached our limit and we have like another, what is it, 60% mm -hmm. that we haven't even tapped into yet. We don't even know it's possible because we've never pushed our bodies that far. We've never pushed the limit. So we challenge you guys to find that limit, to empty your tank every single day, whether that's the weight room, perfecting your craft in a sport, business, you know, whatever your niche field is, is to empty your tank in that field. Yeah, and one of my favorite people on the planet is uh, Dave. Dave is my girlfriend's dad. Love and Dave. Dave Hammond is, he's a man's man. He's cool as shit. But what I love about him is that he's a physical labor worker. He's the dent specialist. He takes dents out of out of cars, you know, plug. I mean, he's basically sponsored the podcast now. Hey, there we go. <laughs> but uh, he's built his own business, does really well, provides for his family, all of the things. But he always, whenever I, I'm talking to him about, like, I've had a hard day or I've got a bunch of work, at the end of the day, he works physical labor. He works with his hands, and I work behind a laptop. Mm -hmm. So his definition of hard work and my definition of hard work are different. His defini definition is definitely more difficult than mine is. Physically. Physically, yes. yeah, for sure. But he, and whenever we have these competitions, or these uh, conversations, he's always like, dude, keep your foot on the gas. Whatever it is, keep your foot on the gas. And earn that break. And by, it's not like earn the break is in the stoppage. Like, earn... The, whenever you actually put the foot on the brake and you stop, you have to earn that. So keep your foot on the gas. For him, it's always like, he, whether it's a nine to five or whether it's 11 to four, whatever time it is, when he's doing the work, his foot is on the gas and he hasn't earned that brake until he's home. And even when he's home, he still might be finishing the invoices or washing his car after he gets home and doing all the stuff that he decided to do earlier in the day. But keep the foot on the gas is something that I, I've loved Whenever he says it, it always just reminds me just like that switch, you know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of just flipping that switch on and off where now I have to be on and keeping the foot on the gas is my version of, of empty the fucking tank. It's keep your foot on the gas. 
yeah, keep your foot on the gas, empty the tank, and, and earn your rest. And that was kind of our, our ending point. Um, when you, to earn your rest, earn your calories, earn your carbs, earn the sunset was a cool one I've seen too, getting up before the sunset and earning the sunset to see that the sunrise, right? You got your work before the sun rose. And I love that stuff because it's true. Like, you know, David Goggins, I keep going back to David Goggins. He was a big motivation for this podcast um, topic. But the thing was, he's talking about, he's like, he was on Joe Rogan. He was like, I can't be on the show, Joe, without putting my work in that day or I'm a fraud. Like all I talk about is put my work in. So I have to go put that work in and earn this podcast, earn that rest, you know? So that's the thing, like, just just go do it. Put your foot on the gas until you can't anymore that day. Come home, rest, recover, recuperate, and then get after it again tomorrow and be consistent. And that's when we grow. And the thing is, without friction, there's no growth. So you got to trust your struggle. You know what I mean? You never really know who you are until shit hits the fan, until you have to pivot. That's how, you, that's how you really find out your character and who you really are in those dark times, man, is how are you going to react? I mean... Mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's the end. I, I've got nothing else. I like that. Monologue over. We're out. Empty your fucking tank. Keep it from the gas. Appreciate you guys.